Good morning, everybody. Welcome to this podcast. And today we have a special feature with the inaugural chair of Sikh Studies. But before I do that, let me introduce uh, my department. I'm from South Asian Studies. My name is Rajesh Rai, and I'm currently the head of South Asian Studies at NUS. And today we have a very special guest with us. Uh, allow me to introduce Associate Professor Jasjeet Singh, the inaugural chair of Sikh studies at NUS. Uh, Jasjeet is uh, from the University of Leeds. He works at a department that's called Philosophy, Religion, and the History of Science. Yep. So, <laughs> Jasjeet, welcome. Thank you. Thank you so much, Rajesh. Okay, so perhaps, uh, Jasjeet, uh, you might want to just share with us, how did you get into the field of Sikh studies? Sure, sure, yeah. So, as with lots of things in life, it wasn't, it wasn't really planned. Um, I, I actually worked in IT uh, originally, that, that, that was my first career. Um, and then I saw, I remember going to the Gurdwara, to the, you know, the Sikh temple, and seeing um, people there were saying that young people weren't engaging with their religion. But on the other hand, I was seeing lots of activity taking place in other parts in terms of things like camps were being organized and faith societies at universities. And obviously the internet was emerging at that time too. So there was lots of activity happening outside the traditional institution. And I wanted to understand the relationship between the two. Why were young, young Sikhs engaging with their religion outside a traditional institution? What was it about what was going on in the institution that made them think they need to do something else? So... I started a master's part-time in that, and that was looking at how young Sikhs related to their identity, their hair and the turban. And then as a consequence of that, I got PhD funding, and then, um, yeah, onwards and upwards from there, I suppose, yeah. Yeah, fantastic. One of the few people I know moved from IT yeah, to yeah, Sikh yeah, studies. Yeah. So that, 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 that sounds like a fascinating journey. Perhaps, Jasjit, you can share with us a little, I, I guess it's of interest to our audience, to try and make sense of uh, the nature of Sikh community in Britain, in the British context? Sure, yeah, absolutely. So I think an important point to make is that, you know, wherever they are, Sikhs are a minority. So you, you, you don't find huge populations anywhere. Even in India, there are only 1.72% of the population. In Canada, which has the, the largest Sikh community, there are about 2%. So wherever you are... The largest Sikh community outside, outside India. Outside India, yeah, yes. yeah, in, in Canada. So, I mean, in, in the UK, uh, there's, according to the last census, there's about 524,000, which again is less than 2%. Um, pretty much located in areas of industry and large cities, so mainly in urban, you know, urban communities, so obviously London, Birmingham, and then there's, there's a few up in the north of England in Leeds. But what's interesting, I suppose, is that there's been several waves of migration. So... You know, you, you got you had Sikhs going to the UK from as far back as the First World War when they were fighting for the British Indian Army. Then you had peddlers, and then obviously there was the post-partition migration, and then there was the um, East African migration when when Asians were expelled from Uganda and Kenya. And then uh, a recent wave wave has actually been uh, Sikhs from Afghanistan. There's, there's been quite a lot of Sikhs from Afghanistan too, uh, and even more recent wave is the post-Brexit Sikhs from Italy. So what's interesting about the community is even though it's often presented as a homogenous community, there's a lot of diversity in terms of, you know, uh, migration history, in terms of language ability, in terms of uh, occupational background. So that, it's a really interesting um, community research. And, and I suppose also because Sikhs are generally distinctive wherever they are, they have to get involved in, in local um, issues around multiculturalism and representation. So they're always a... A, a politicized community, I'd say. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I think uh, 
I thanks for laying out this very layered, uh, rich history of uh, the Sikhs. I think globally and and especially in UK. Um, perhaps I can push you further in the type of research you're doing. Mm. I mean, I understand that it brings together really two fields of your interest, right? Uh, yeah. Given your IT background right. yeah, and, yeah. And, and, and your current interest in studying uh, Sikhi, uh, how do these come together in your research? Yeah, no, it's funny. I mean, the, the reason I, I left IT was because I didn't want to spend all day in front of a computer, right? But I mean, <laughs> that hasn't happened. I'm probably spending longer in front of a computer. But so, yeah, as part of, the, as part of my PhD, which looked at different methods of religious transmission. So as I said, you know, camps, faith societies and the internet. Obviously, one of the most significant ways that people learn about religion now is through the online. And, it, you know, and I'm, I'm talking about, I mean, <laughs> you might remember Usenet groups in the late 1990s and then discussion boards and then, you know, then social media kind of emerged with Facebook, Twitter. And it just there's there's so much innovation all the time. And what's interesting is so I'm looking at how the online environment, environment, how technology affects Sikh authority structures. So what does it mean when you are looking to somebody online for your answers about the tradition rather than your traditional authorities? What does that mean about the relationship you have with them? I'm looking at how um, the online environment impacts on Sikh identity. So an interesting thing, an, an example for that for, would be, for, for instance, it used to be very easy to f understand or see what a Sikh's family background was from their turban style, for instance, right? Because you'd ba basically get it passed down from father to son usually, and you'd they'd tie the same. So you can generally know which region or what kind of occupation somebody's from from their turban style. Now with the YouTube, there's so many different kinds of turban turban tying videos. What's interesting is I've, I found young Sikhs tying different turban styles depending on what they're doing. So there's a lot more flexibility, a lot more, much of a f more fluid in terms of how they're learning about their identity. So there's the authority, there's the identity, and obviously, the online environment impacts on community as well. And we saw that in COVID particularly, right? Where, you know, you couldn't go local, but then you see because of digital technology, you, you can link to pretty much any part of the community in the world, really. So what does it do in terms of those three things? And that that's what I'm looking at at the moment is what's the impact of this? Because, I mean, if you think about it, even in terms of the timing, we're in 2023. We're only talking about 20 years in terms of the, the, the online environment, in terms, in terms of how it's emerged. But it's such a significant change that I think I'm trying to basically take stock as to what's going no, on. Right? This is true. I think across the board, uh, I think all religious communities are being affected so mm. deeply by, by, by AI. I mean, I, I personally just look uh, at Hindu practices mm. as well. And, it, you know, a few years ago, uh, you had the phenomenon of people doing darshan and yeah. prayers. Yeah. Uh, on yeah. on 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 the net, yeah. and and you know people coming through through a fellowship uh, connected primarily through social media, yeah. through the internet, and so on and so forth. So the kind of uh, implications of mm. this on religion is it's really needs to be mm. studied. Mm. I think in time to come. I guess uh, you know I want to move on now to what I would is the second part of our podcast really where we want to focus now on your experience in Singapore sure. and and perhaps we can talk about it in two ways uh, first uh, how has your experience been I mean you've been here at NUS now for three months how's your experience been with students at NUS oh. <laughs> they're so diligent <laughs> seriously <laughs> I'm not even just saying this because it's the NUS podcast, but it's been a real pleasure to teach the students. I mean, it's been, you know, obviously 
you're not sure what it's like in a different context, but um, it's been such a joint learning experience. I, I, this is one of the things I really love about teaching is that you, you, you know, as personally as an academic, I learn so much from the students as well as, as well as teaching as well. So it's been a, it's been a really nurturing experience. We've talked about a whole variety of issues, which the students say, you know, that, 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 I mean, the students are very, so some are from a Sikh background, some are from a non-Sikh background. And obviously, you know, in terms of positionality, it's interesting, but even the Sikh students have said that when you look at things from a research perspective, it, things look very different, right? So literally on Sunday, we did a, a fieldwork trip around Little India. We were, and, and, and we also went to, went to four Gudwaras, um, the IHC, the Indian Heritage Center, and the Hindu Manda. And, you know, they were saying they'd been to these institutions on numerous occasions before, but when you go with a lens of a researcher, you see things that you that you wouldn't see otherwise, right? So just seeing the students looking at things in a different sort of way, you know, it's really valuable, isn't it? Because that's what that's what me being a researcher is, isn't it? It's looking at things in a different lens. So yeah, it's been a, it's been an absolute pleasure um, teaching the students. They've all they've all uh, you know taken the taken the the learning on board very enthusiastically. Uh, so you know, it's uh, yeah, it's it, it's been absolutely okay. Been so great. I I mean, uh, so, I mean, I I kind of agree with you, Les. Uh, NUS students <laughs> are very diligent. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, there there is a certain level of discipline as yeah. well. Um, would you say that our students at NUS are more informed, or or, or do you think? Mm. Uh, I mean, uh, what's interesting there, Rajesh? Is I suppose it's so back in Leeds in in the School of Philosophy, Religion, History, Science. So I teach mainly art students there. But here, most of the students, in fact, all of the students, I think, are from a, either engineering or a computer science background. So they haven't got the arts and humanities training that you kind of would expect. But even even in learning, helping them understand that and, you know, understand what we do as, as, as arts and humanities and social scientists, what do we actually do? That's been very, very interesting as well, because you can see the light bulb moments happening in the in the class, right? This is what we do when you when you're researching. You need to have it needs to be structured. It needs to be systematic. It needs to be you know you can't just go in and say okay this is this is what I found. So that's been really really helpful in terms of being informed. Um, I suppose I mean again you know you, you as 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 academics we, we raise things. That's our job, isn't it? We 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 look for things. We raise things that maybe people don't see on the surface. So. I suppose, I mean, obviously they're, they're more informed about what's been useful for me, right? And I, I you know, I, it's, I've done this for a number of years now. I've been lucky enough to travel to various Sikh diasporic contexts. And obviously, as we know, you know, as researchers, we know how much context impacts on religious communities, right? Political context, community context, national context, everything, all context is, you know, is really, really significant. So it's been very helpful for me to talk with the students about the Singapore context, I suppose, yeah. That's been really interesting. And that you can see how they're, how things that they, kind of took for granted how they work out what that actually means. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm glad that you raised uh, the Singapore context because as I myself am a student interested in the study of the diaspora, I've always found that uh, the South Asian diaspora here, including the Sikh diaspora, has, has very distinctive mm. uh, qualities in it. I mean... Also because, like the British case, it's multi-layered, but yeah. it's something that extends, you know, to over two centuries, yeah. right? Yeah. Uh, and in the Sikh case, perhaps a century and a half in, yeah. in the Singapore context. Um, I know as part of this uh, chair uh, position that you have right now, you have also been engaged with the local Sikh yeah. community. Um, perhaps you can give us a sense of that experience. Sure. And how is that 
perhaps having an impact on your research in yeah. time to come. Yeah, yeah. no, thanks, Rogers. Yeah, I mean, first to say they've been very, the community have been so welcoming. They've been, you know, very warm, very gracious. <laughs> I, mean, I, I kind of joke with them that the fact that they put posters of me up in all the good doors before <laughs> means that people recognize me. And also, I'll never forget in August, I was in Starbucks and somebody recognized me. I went to the, uh, the Raffles Hotel. And the guard at the Raffles Hotel said, oh, morning, Professor. I was like, wow. So, yeah, it was nice to be a bit of a rock star, I suppose, in terms of my, uh, you know, my, my, my profile. Um, but what's interesting, again, is the fact that I've, and I've, worked with, I've worked with community groups all the way through my career. You know, even my PhD was in collaboration with a community organization. And what you find is, again, you find yourself explaining what research actually means and the value of it, you know, especially for... So I do a lot of work with policymakers and media too. If you want to, if you want to make claims, they have to be based on something. So you're explaining the systematic nature of research and what it actually means. So that's been that's always helpful. I I, I always enjoy that explaining what what academics actually do. But um, but yeah, we had the public lecture at the weekend. That was that was really well attended. You know, really really good um, lecture, really good discussion. Uh, we've got a workshop on Saturday on Sikian technology. So that's not going to be me me talking as much but it's going to be more of a discussion which is going to feed into my research so I'm, i want to find out how Sikhs in singapore um you know engage with technology because an, an issue about Sikh diaspora studies has been that it's primarily been focused on the west so far so canada us and the uk and i think it's you know we, we need to bring in different perspectives too in the singapore Sikh community is obviously a significant part of the diaspora yeah yeah i'm, I'm glad that this is adding uh, new dimensions to your research and and I think you're absolutely right in pointing out how in the extent literature of mm. migration and diaspora mm. studies, uh, there has been an overarching focus on the West. Mm. Uh, far less is known about uh, that experience in the East. And, and I'm glad that through uh, your research, I think more people will now uh, come to understand yeah. uh, the valuable experience of uh, the Sikh experience in places like Singapore and perhaps in other parts yeah. of Southeast Asia in yeah. time to come. I, I guess I, I need to also ask you this, uh, with this experience, uh, and, and, and it sounds like you've had a positive experience, uh, this journey of your chair position is coming to an end, mm -hmm. at least this thin. Mm -hmm. uh, is this something that you will consider in the future? Yeah, yeah, yeah no. I Absolutely, as I say, you know, it, it's been a, a very enjoyable experience. I think, um, yeah, it's 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 worth kind of because when you're in it, obviously, then you it's difficult to step back and analyze what's what's going on. And so since I've been here, I've just been like you know, hundred miles an hour basically. So absolutely, I'll I'll, I'll step back and assess um, what I've actually done. But yeah, of, of course, it's a, it's such a. I mean, the reason I I went for the one of the reasons that you know I went for this in the first place was that the fact that it's a community funded chair is a really big deal. Because it's still the only community-funded Sikh Studies chair in the world. There are other Sikh Studies chairs, but they're mainly family-funded. This is the whole community coming together. So it's a significant statement. Um, and I think, you know, it should be supported as much as possible. Yeah, I think uh, also, I mean, uh, the possibility of you coming back at some point mm -hmm. uh, in the future, I think, would be also helpful in you continuing yeah. on, on the yeah. work that, that you have already started. Yeah. So I think that would be valuable. Mm -hmm. I'm just wondering if I can take a moment from you to plug South Asian studies course, at NUS. Of course. How has the Colleagues department been? Amazing. Honestly, it's, yeah, I mean, again, so, so warm. And it's it's just been really, it's been a real pleasure to engage with so many high quality academics who've been, you know, very just welcoming. Um, we had the Diwali 
lunch at ISAS last week. It's just good to see. It's just so good to see so many different parts of the university, you know, working on these on these issues. And I mean, we have South Asian studies in the UK, but obviously, I think the representation here is is much stronger um, in terms of numbers and in terms of topics. Uh, so yeah, it, it's been an absolute pleasure being being part of the. Uh, Part of the department and thanks so thanks again thanks for welcoming me thank you thank you so, so nice much Jasjit. it's been a pleasure hosting you uh, i'm i'm so glad this has gone uh, forward so seamlessly and and really has benefited our students to such a degree uh, and as well the department really uh, so thank you for this and with that we come to an end right. to our podcast thanks so much